0: What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Ned of the band Red Hook over Zoom video. Ned was born in Wagga Wagga, Australia, but he only lived there, I think, a few months before his family ended up moving down to Sydney. But we hear about how Ned got into music, really started out from soundtracks. He loved how certain songs changed the mood uh, during certain films. Actually got into soundtracks with the early Transformers cartoons and those first couple Ninja Turtle movies. Ned talks about learning guitar, actually really playing guitar for most of his life as far as bands went. He joined a bunch of bands. The first band that he kind of started from scratch ended up doing really well. They got signed to a label. They did tours all across Australia He talked about joining another band that ended up getting signed to Victory Records, what that experience was like. He actually joined that band as a bass player to begin with. Then the guitar player left, so he moved over to guitar, played in that band for a number of years. When they parted ways, Ned thought he was kind of done doing music as a career, landed on the opportunity to play with Red Hook as the bass player again, so going back from guitar back to bass. He loved it, and now, obviously, a full-time member of Red Hook. And he talks all about the new album that they just released as well, which is called Postcard from a Living Hell. You can watch our interview with Ned on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringin' It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringin' Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Red Hook. Oh, I appreciate your time, man. I'm Adam, by the way. That's <sighs> me, nice meet you, Adam. I'm, I'm Ned. <laughs> nice to meet you, Ned. Uh, this is about you and your journey in music. And uh, we'll talk about the the new Red Hook album if that's cool with you. Hell yeah! It sounds great, amazing. So, I um, always start off with born and raised. Uh, obviously, the bands in, in Australia. Where were you born and raised? Um, yeah, still in good old Australia. So,
1: um, I was born in a little town called Wagga Wagga. Um, honestly, was only there for a couple of weeks, uh, oh, okay. but spent all my <laughs> yeah. So, but hey, hey, that's where I was born. It's a great right, name, right. so exactly. I have to mention it. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but after that basically came down to Sydney, I've been here all my life.
0: Yeah. So technically I have a Sydney (laughs) cider. How how far is uh, Wagga Wagga from Sydney? Is it uh, quite a distance or not really? It's a fair bit of distance. I think it was like eight, 10 hours roughly around that. So, oh, wow. Okay. Like, so were you, your parents were what living there until basically you're born and then like, all right, we're going to, we're going to move down to Sydney.
1: Yeah, so um, my, my parents are actually, so I'm the first born here in Australia, but uh, my parents and all my relatives are actually all Serbian. Um, around that time was former Yugoslavia, of course. Um, they came to Australia and were kind of exploring the country, trying to figure out where they wanted to stay. Um, then, um, surprise, surprise, I kind of came into the fold, so oh, sure. they, were like, <laughs> they were like, all right, maybe for now, let's um, find a place just to kind of home base uh until i was born and then um the next step um was to get to a major city to sydney basically so
0: yeah oh wow that's really that's very cool so um do you come from a musical household at all like are your parents artistic or musical or anyone musical in your family
1: no not really it's it's quite interesting so like um my dad's an electrician um and like all my relatives they've just they're all laborers or kind of in that field um i kind of got introduced to like music and art like i kind of experienced it myself um just kind of like grew up watching a ridiculous amount of tv love movies love tv shows and um kind of got introduced to music from from soundtracks strange enough really like do you remember like an early soundtrack that you really liked there, there was two. There was two. I was a sucker for 80s cartoons. So, um, <laughs> I'm the, the Transformers movie, the animated one, um, uh-huh. I was hooked by that soundtrack because it just like, one, it's, it was just so 80s rock. But then secondly, how it worked with the movie, it just was so cool Like to, to find a way to um, have those songs, not just to be standalone songs, to find a way to kind of work with a certain scene just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing with the Ninja Turtles movie, the original one. It was so dark. The, the live love, action I fell one? In love with that. Yeah, the live
0: action one. Oh, the OG. Man, with the- I love those ones. Those are like, oh. t- yeah, with the new one, I have a seven-year-old, and with the new one coming out, like, I'm like, you, we got to watch the old, the, oh, the first cu- the first two Ninja Turtles were so good. with Splinter and uh, Shredder and everything. Yep, you, you kind of watch
1: it back now. And you're like, "Wow, that was a bit dark and a bit a bit rough for our age." But man, it was just such a. There was such good films. Number one is still going to be the best. Two was still good. Like you can't say no to a bit of ninja rap.
0: But- right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> is the first one where they like Shredder has the that warehouse and they're like all the like skater punk kids. Yeah, that was such a cool concept. That was it. Oh, like for, for a while, like I know there were the bad
1: guys and you don't want to be, but like, I thought that warehouse was so cool. Like they're playing video games and everything.
0: I'm like, right. man, I want to be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back and listen to those soundtracks. I, I totally, I, I obviously I remember uh, the ninja rap with uh, vanilla ice, but I don't really remember what was off that first one.
1: Yeah, it's like um, I just, I just remember like there was it was mostly like there was a couple of like proper songs like, you know, with vocal structure and everything, but like like a pop structure, I mean, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of tracks that were more just kind of like, you know, like more like a produced kind of track, maybe orchestral in a sense. um Those were songs I loved as well, like, you know, the scene where um. Yeah, funny enough, we're talking about in the warehouse. Maybe you know the shredders walking through that. That really powerful. Dun dun. I, it was kind of like a very rhythmic. I think I remember it's kind of like dun 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 dun. Like that was in the soundtrack, and I just loved that because it was just like I don't know something about
0: it was really powerful and just really caught my attention. Uh huh. Have you? Were you like interested in? I mean, maybe prior to being in a band, like. Scoring films or scoring for television?
1: No, straight. It's, that's no, no. I think I d- it was just like a nice gateway. Like I would listen to those soundtracks and because like my parents never really listened to much music, I had to learn everything myself and I kind of went from those soundtracks and then the popular songs like, oh, here's the artist. And then going from those artists to other artists and then I kind of experienced more popular music. So... It was like a step-by-step
0: from soundtracks to pop to then getting onto good old good old rock music. Okay, very cool. And what about like yeah. an instrument as far as that? Like, did you play anything at an early age? No, I didn't actually pick up an instrument until like my early teenage
1: years. Like, um, geez, I think it was like in grade
0: seven. Yeah, grade seven, I picked up a guitar. That was my first instrument. Okay, and did you play that for a while? I mean, obviously, you play bass now, but um, was guitar uh, something that you did mo- like a majority, and then you kind of fell into bass, or how did how did that kind of happen? Yeah, actually, guitar is was my
1: yeah was my main instrument. Like, I started off with that, and pretty much based m- most of my career as a guitarist. Um, all the previous bands I've been in, I was the guitarist, mostly doing lead. That was kind of like my go-to so yeah i didn't fall and then, into yeah,
0: sorry so i was gonna say yeah so when you fell into ba- was bass kind of a thing that you're like you're probably just gonna say this and i cut you off uh like something with uh, oh this band needs a, a bass player and you're like oh i get you know i could figure out bass that's exactly <laughs> it
1: yeah funny enough Craig um, the guitarist he, um, I, I think was, he put a post up on Facebook saying hey we're looking for a fill-in bassist and I wasn't in a band then I'm like you know what like I, I did a bit of bass work in a previous band um, and I was like you know what I think I know well enough and I message him and like hey do you need a bass player like I'm not great but I'm willing to learn <laughs> um, it just fell from there funny enough but yeah. Wow. Luckily, okay. um, I knew the basics
0: of knowing how to play a stringed instrument. So that helped. Oh, and if you could play lead guitar, I'm sure when you came up with bass riffs, you kind of could base a lot of bass, bass uh, you know, off of what you were playing as a lead guitar player. Or oh, not man, really. I it doesn't not, even like really no. translate. I, Dude, I'm so bad with that. I, I, I'm a huge music fan, but I can play power chords on guitar. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, honestly, it was such a ch-
1: like when when I joined Red Hook. Um, going from guitar, going from lead guitar to bass was hard. Like learning the songs, no issues. But then when I had to start thinking, like, hey, instead of like when you're a guitarist, yeah, you just play power chords. You can play some lead. It's it's all about the melody. Like uh-huh. putting some cool effects. Like me, like my whole approach was, um, I I I I was obsessed with the edge. Like. All about the delays, the reverbs. I was about, I'm that, I was that kind of guy. So I was all about just bringing these layers and textures into songs. Um, so when I went to bass, it's like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. I have to, you know, follow the drums, make it really tight, um, making sure I'm playing the notes perfectly with the right rhythm. It was such a change. It took a while to really understand it and kind of hone my skills on that. So it was like, it was definitely, go- it's like going from
0: automatic to manual in a sense. So, oh, sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't know if like, just because you knew you could play lead, you probably just knew certain scales like, okay, this was going to go together like to write a bass line, But I didn't think about the fact that, you know, you're driving the band with the, with the drums. Like if the bass and the drums aren't tight, then the band just, it doesn't sound as nearly as good as it could.
1: but yeah you're actually right though no like my the theory that I had to learn it definitely did translate well dad part like when I'm helping writing songs or if I do have if I have to learn a riff that um because nearly all the music um I had to learn for Red Hook was all by ear so knowing those scales from guitar definitely
0: helped out a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you started on guitar but you said grade Mm -hmm. seven and uh how quickly do you like join a band or start a band? And it sounds like you, I mean, you did a lot of music and were in many bands prior to joining Red Hook. So I'm kind of curious, like how you progressed, you know, or what other bands you were in maybe or stuff that you had going on prior.
1: I think I started my, I think I joined my first band, like maybe a year, year and a half after properly learning guitar. So it was pretty quick. Mm -hmm. I I just, I just remember like, um, yeah, I think I saw an ad. Um, and you know, this, oh God, feels so, it is so long ago. Um, you know, <laughs> these days now, you just go on Facebook or Instagram or just any social media and you can find a band. Right. And then we had old music publications like magazines and like newspapers. Um, we had a local one around my area, so I can find local bands, and one was looking for a guitarist. Um, And it was the style of music i wanted to do like i I just like oh okay they want to sound like the deftones i'm joining so (laughs) did that straight away and like from then um i was just kind of jumping from band to band like it was a lot of local bands playing like the local halls maybe maybe lucky enough to pay like play a pub or two um but that was like to barely no one Um, Mm -hmm. when you're, when you're a small band in Australia, it's, it's tough. Um, and I did that for quite a few years before I kind of got lucky with, um, I I played in a post hardcore kind of band, very like Abney, Affliction, Silverstein, that vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, they they were called Caulfield, which was, um, we, that was the first time I kind of tasted like we got to tour all over Australia, um. We were lucky to get signed to an independent record label here as well. Um, That was really, really cool. So, that was kind of like my first proper taste, but that didn't happen until like, geez. So, I joined like my first band, like, you know, grade eight. I didn't- I think I was just like after high school. So, it was quite a few years before going- like joining a proper band, if
0: that makes sense. Like, maybe
1: when I say proper, like a successful band to a degree.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was yeah. the first band that it was after high school that you were, you were in this band and that's the one that started to, you know, see some success as far as like, okay, we got signed, we're doing tours of Australia. Like, uh, but even right after high school, that's still fairly fast to be in a band that's, you know, doing something. Was that music always like, did you end up going to university or college or anything for music or do that? Or was it like you were in these bands and this one happened to to start to kind of succeed. So you just stayed in that, on that track track.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. I I never studied music. Um, My, my, my kind of extent to knowledge was just like getting guitar lessons and just learning by myself. I I never had the drive to kind of go to university or anything. Um, Mm. I respect, I I, I think I respect people that do it. And um, there was a time I'm like, Oh, that would be kind of cool to do. But, um, I think uh, just because I was always in a band or always in the scene, I kind of just continued on that path. I was mm-hmm. happy enough to, you know, learn things day by day, you know, finding shows to go watch, go to play, all write music, practice. Um,
0: yeah. Sorry. I think I kind of dropped. Um, no, 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 no. Off. That's, <laughs> I no, that's, that's, that's what this is about. I'd rather hear that's part of, you know what I mean? But like, I'm just, so it sounds like though, uh, did you ever like, I mean, because you joined bands, and have, is that kind of been the path of what you, your your journey has been? More like, oh, this one's looking for a guitar player. Okay, I'm going to join this band. Like, uh, or was it like you never did? You ever like start a band from scratch and then move from there, or was it all mainly like word of mouth and finding other artists that needed people to play? Um, mo- most of the bands I joined, I
1: think, funny enough, actually, Corfield was the first one that I actually made. Um, oh, wow. It was, it was, yeah, I just found like a bunch of other musicians from other bands that I toured with or did shows with um, and we're all starting to get into the post-hardcore scene. So we made this band together and kind of built it from scratch. So it's funny that the first band that um, started from scratch was the one that got really, got
0: was the first taste of success. Which was yeah, really cool. that is that is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, so that's the band. How long did you do Caulfield for? Was it a while? Um, I was only like for three years. Um and then
1: up. um it was it was good, it was good, but um I had an opportunity to join another band that <laughs> again. Um <laughs> this was a band like I was absolutely obsessed with. Um this was the band before Red Hawk, so I um I joined a band called Awaken I Am. Um which um yeah I was absolutely obsessed with because like when I was in Caulfield, I was really into post-hardcore, your Silverstein, Amity Affliction, um, the use, so like emo mm-hmm. post hardcore I was obsessed with. Yeah. But then it got pro- it progressed to the bands like Emma Rosa, Dance Gavin Dance, um Sayosin. Like yeah, I was he- absolutely heavier. obsessed. Heavier. Oh like the 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 first record, um uh, the self-titled one, I just fell in love. I'm like, I want to do that style of music. That that's that's what I've been looking for. And um, Awaken. I am. They weren't called that then, but they were a band in Brisbane. And um, I was like, man, if I had the chance, if if I could join, I'll do it. And I kept annoying them every time a band member left. I'm like, hey, um, can I join? Can I join? Um, and then finally, and then funny enough, this is the first time I got introduced to bass. was like, hey, our bass player left. Would you want to play bass? I'm like, done. The next day I bought a bass, learned oh, wow. it, and then did that for a little while until the guitarist left and I just went from bass straight to guitar. So Oh, so then you played guitar in the band for a while. Yeah, yeah, that that was still like my chosen like I didn't really fall in love with bass then. I was just more just like thankful to be in the band. So when the opportunity came up to go back to guitar, I'm like oh, I'm going to do it. Cuz that's one of the things I loved about that band was they were their leads of freaking amazing like so good so i was like no i've got to play lead in this band so that's how how long did you do that band for how
0: long were you playing with them
1: That, that was the longest band i was in i think like six years roughly around that um and that that was that was maybe the most successful um band i was in before i joined um red hook that was um like we, we got signed to Victory Records. Um, we got to tour America a few times, um, which I miss terribly. I can't wait to come back, by the way. i gotta, <laughs> I got to
0: say that. Um, and um,
1: tour I mean, Australia quite a few victory,
0: times. I mean, that's huge, right? I mean, especially yep. in that genre and just the bands that are, were on that label. And uh, I mean, back, it was like, you know, I grew up with the emo, hardcore. Scene. That was what I would listen to growing up. And it was like, if, you, you know, if a band was signed to Victory, it didn't matter. It was like, who are these people? You know what I mean? It was like that, that type of, of deal. Or if some, if Drive Thru signed a band, you're like, oh, I know it's going to be this sound, so I'm going to go check them out. Or it, there, was certain, there was a handful of labels that you just, you just went to to check out. And like to have Victory, I mean, that must have been a, such a massive moment for you all. Oh,
1: it was a huge tick on like the bucket list. I couldn't believe it because like we, we had, um, our first record out. We, we signed independently in Australia through that. And then we were ready to do our next record. But in between that, released a single and we decided, Oh, look, we'll shop it around, see what people thought. And Victory come back and I'm like, Hey, we really like this. Um, let's talk more. I'm like, Wait. The same label that had once again, Silverstein, Atreyu, A Day to Remember, like Taking Back Sunday, Uh like I could go on. (laughs) Oh my god. I was like, yes, let's talk. And they were just like, this was this was uh, it was kind of interesting. It was around the time, like, I don't know if you remember much, where like some of the bands from Victory were kind of fighting with the
0: label. Yeah, without Taking Back Sunday and a day to remember specifically. Yeah. And
1: (laughs) it was like Man, like, to be on this label would be amazing, but, like, this is happening. What do we do? And we just said, screw it. Like, um, the, the chats we had with them, it was just, like, th- this is going to work. And, like, luckily it did for us. Um, You know, we were able to release the record through Victory. So, it was able to go, like, it was available in America and it gave us some opportunities to play
0: some pretty wicked tours in America. So... Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of the, I mean, those two bands specifically were fighting because they signed, they signed deals that weren't in their, you know, I don't know. I mean, it sucks what happened to those bands for sure, but it was like... The contract was there, you, could, you know, there's like lawyers who yep. have gotten involved way prior. I mean, yeah, but I guess when you're 18 to 21, you're like, you know, fucking, I just want to get signed, uh, especially the victory. Yeah, but we got the lawyers in and go, let's just make sure. And
1: yeah, yeah we you know, got a couple of good was fair
0: enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you did that band for, you said six years, and did you yep. end up leaving that band to join Red Hook or did they? You know did that that band. Yeah, come I,
1: I or- left. You know that the band's the band's still going. Um, I, I left the band. Um, and I was having just a bit of a break. Um, it's just a lot of things were happening around that time, and I just felt like um needed to take a step back. I needed to refocus and figure out what was going on. It was hard because I was like that period
0: of time was the first period of time I was like doing nothing. If you're an independent artist, you may know the struggle of you got these great songs. How do I get them in front of record labels, radio DJs, get them on Spotify playlists? How does this happen? Well, friends, this is Adam from Bringing It Backwards, and I'm going to tell you about this amazing website called DropTrack. DropTrack will get you a free press release for your music with the new AI-powered PR agent from DropTrack. DropTrack has helped thousands of independent musicians actually get their music heard by connecting them with record labels, radio DJs, Spotify playlist curators. And now DropTrack is leveraging the power of AI to help you promote your music. It's super simple. All you have to do is upload your song and then DropTrack will write a professional personalized press release that describes your music all in just seconds. Then DropTrack helps you share it with the world. You might ask yourself, Adam, why do I need a press release for my music? Well, you need a press release because you need to be able to describe your music in words. You can send the press release to record labels or radio programmers, media outlets, and these industry folk and your fans will actually be able to read about your music before they even press play on the song. This will also get them interested in your music so they want to listen to it. A really good friend of mine's been an independent musician for a number of years, written so many great songs. But he's like, why do I need a press release? So I explained to him the importance of the press release, being able to describe the music. People know what they're getting into before they even press play. He drops his song into drop track. It writes this beautiful press release. Then all he has to do is just send it out. Super simple. What are you waiting for? Get a press release for your own song. Try it now for free at www.droptrack.com. That's droptrack.com. That's d r o p t r a c k. Droptrack. Droptrack.com. Track. Drop Check it out today.
1: I, you know, I'd pick up my instrument and play it, but it was like there was no reason, like.
0: I'm not oh, ready so you for didn't just jump? Like, yeah, you didn't just jump into it. Wasn't like Red Hook was looking for somebody, and you're like, oh, you know, I, I don't know, maybe this band's not really for me now, or I, I've kind of run its course. Of it and I'm just going to jump over here. You left and didn't have another band, like
1: yeah, you know, no, it was just um, it, it, yeah. it was time, it was time, yeah. Um, I just felt like um, the direction it was they were going, what I where I wanted to go was completely different, mm-hmm. um. So, it was a hard choice. I was like, I I have to do what's best. And like, I I thought, I I actually thought my music career was over and I was slowly accepting and I'm like, I think this could be it. Um, So, I enjoyed what I call the normie life. Okay. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but Um, worked a nine to five and like, just like, I like to, you know, get my finances back up because I spent a lot of money with the band. Um, And then like, I think it was, honestly only like, less than a year later that's when the opportunity came up and i said you know what it'll be fun like it was like when when they put the post up for someone to fill in i thought oh they just need someone to do shows and i just kind of just said well you know what it would be fun to play some shows again and there's like no kind of obligation you right know, see what probably not happens. as
0: much pressure obviously as like a being in a band that's this is your full-time gig and that's you know it. yeah but-
1: exactly um but yeah, I, I just said oh, screw it. Let's give it a shot and just kind of built
0: um, from there, which was cool. So you joined that band in like from uh, just off the research I was doing, like around 2019 or so. Yeah, or, yeah. I think earlier. it was 20.
1: I think it was 2018, 2019. Um, I remember it was for a Halloween show. Um, so did that. Um, and then we had a couple of little mini tours booked, and then sadly, um, COVID Felt came it. in. Yeah. <laughs> So that took a halt, but um, we were still chatting a lot. And then l- luckily um, where we were based, we still had a few lockdowns, but um, sometimes they got lifted. Um, so the periods when they got lifted, we were able to do some
0: shows and tours. So
1: I still got to do some touring with them as well, which was really cool.
0: Okay. So uh, you did the first show, the Halloween show, and mm-hmm. obviously you, you did great or you, you had a lot of fun too. And were they like, oh, we want you to keep coming back. Like at what point? Were you kind of there? Were they like, you, you know, you're in the band type deal? Like, or was that a, like a, a sit down thing? Like I've interviewed another band. I'm trying to, th- I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but like they, the, a musician that kind of joined, like they, they had never even formally asked the guy he'd been in the band for like 10 years since. And it was like, he, like, he wasn't oh like, God. oh hey do you want to join? It was like a given type deal. You know what I mean? Like he was there through recording records, but it was like a kind of a given instead of like, you know. We, we've all decided we want you to join it was like they they just knew this person was going to be in the band and they knew it mm. as well i don't know if that makes sense but uh like at what point were you like okay i, I want to do this you know i'll I'll stay in this band or, or this is the band i want to continue you know to put my time into didn't take long to be honest i think um it was a couple
1: it was uh, i think it was the next year just before lockdown like we we were doing um we did this tour with the Amity Fliction and I was just like I'm having a lot of fun. Like I'm That's really enjoying tour. playing bass. <laughs> it was, I, I couldn't believe it. They're like, Hey, we're doing a couple of shows with Amity. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say no to that. Um, Perfect. you know, a band that I absolutely adored and based part of my career on, I get to, you know, support. Them. I'm not going to say no, but, um, you know, like, I just remember like, I'm actually really enjoying playing bass. Um, Everyone's great. I love the music. It was it was so different to what I used to usually listen to because I was still in my like Sayos and Emerosa, like melodic post-hardcore vibe. So, Red Hook was such a different thing for me, but I was hooked by it. I was like, this is really, really cool. It was so much fun to play live. And I think everything, like I remember it was like the second or third show and I was like, I could- I, I, I hope they ask me. I actually just send in my head, I'm like, man, I hope they asked me to like officially join. I should maybe just like put little hints out there. So, like every time there's an opportunity, I'll be like, hey, you know, like, you know, I'm keen for more. I'm keen for more. Some of their friends would be around. I'm like, Quick, you go tell them like I'm interested. And um, I, I remember it was um, during one of the lockdowns, they, they go, hey, um, we're going to have a Zoom meeting. So it was a, a digital version of sitting down there, like, hey, um, we'd love you to join. So thank, thankfully, like, I think it was a year, two years in, and I was made officially a member.
0: Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. And did you record then with them on, like, uh, you know, like the bad decisions or anything like that, move from, from there forward in the new album? Um, I didn't put my stamp
1: in until uh, it was. Uh, um, I can't remember which song it was. Um, Ah, Low Budget Horror. So, um, yeah, I wasn't part of the recording process for the EP and some of the singles. Um, I got to be there for it, but um, I was still kind of the the touring member. So, even though I was really trying to put my stamp on help out as much as I can, um, the creative side, I didn't want to mess around with unless they asked me. Uh Um, um, And that didn't get like- I got asked after I joined, which I thought like it totally made sense. I thought that was perfect. So yeah,
0: the first track I got featured on was low budget horror. Okay. What was that like? I mean, to then go in and record with this band, I mean, you probably built, obviously at that point you've been playing with them for a while. So going in, was that any, was it just like, oh, cool. We've been writing these songs together anyway. Um, yeah, no, I think you got it right. Yeah, like I got to be, I still got to be part of
1: the the writing process and everything, even for low budget. Um, luckily, like the first time, um, Craig, our guitarist, he's a phenomenal producer and um, he records a fair few of our music. Um, I got to start off my recording career with the band um, with him. And so it was just um, Craig and I, And it just felt so smooth and super relaxing. I think it was, I got pretty lucky and kind of got like gently put into the process. Um, It was really cool to see how he works. But um, after that, then, you know, we started, you know, doing the album and we went with Stevie K, um, which was different. But luckily, um, I know him well um, and he made the process super easy as well.
0: That's amazing.
1: And when did you guys start working on this, uh, this album? Um, funny enough, it was around the same time as Low Budget. Um, oh. we always had that concept in mind. Like, we we didn't we didn't um plan for the record. Um, I kind of like thought processes. We just keep writing. We're always writing songs. Um, and like Low Budget is on the record, and like a lot of the tracks were kind of almost there. Um, while we were finishing off that one song, so. Um, we didn't even like, I think we decided to do the album when we looked at the amount of songs we had written and how much we liked and go, oh, maybe we can actually do an album right now.
0: <laughs> we were like, oh, yeah, really? let's do it. This is great. So, yeah. So you guys were just recording music, recording song, writing and recording. And then it was like, oh, wow, there's like a, a lot of songs, plus there's kind of like a through line here. Let's, hmm. you know, make it an album. Yeah, it was exactly
1: that. Like, we looked at all the songs we had. Um, So, we had a really good collection of songs and we listened to it and, like, this blends really well. It, it, it had a nice story to it and, like, a nice theme. And, like, this, I'm like, okay. I think, like, it wasn't even, like, we didn't even plan it, which was awesome. Like, you see bands that plan records and they struggle trying to get it to be cohesive. But because we're just a creative band and we just want to keep writing, we just we were just lucky, and it
0: was ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite amazing. Were you uh, like having a lot of songs? Was that hard? Did you guys all sit down and kind of try to piece together what would be like? Okay, we want these songs on the album. This makes sense to actually make it an album that we now that we have a ton of songs.
1: Um, it got it got more tougher in the end because we decided that like we we're going to record every song anyway um and then when we kind of got close to the end of the process that's when we're like okay which tracks are going to be on the record and that's when it got a little tough we didn't know like there were so many tracks that we absolutely like actually we love all the tracks that we recorded and like i, I think we've we said it a few times um but um like there's actually still like some tracks um that didn't get to be put on the record that we love just as much. That might come out soon. Ah, you know, yeah, just you know,
0: a little tidbit there, you know, could be soon, you don't know. I love that. That's awesome. I'm excited for that. <laughs> I love the song that you guys uh imposter, the one that has uh, yours truly on it. Um, I've had them on my show before, and th- that's just a cool song. The v- the music video is so twisted, like I was kind of like cringing about like two thirds of the way through. I'm like, I don't okay, I gotta. I gonna fight through this like when he's eating the sandwich i'm like oh okay
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i remember that scene well um
1: colin is awesome um he, he we got in touch with him because uh like we've all we've all worked with him before in previous projects and uh red hook is just famous for like you, you would have seen with all our clips like we seem to be we're, we're horror fans and we'd like to incorporate oh, yeah. that in our film clips um and Emmy had this awesome idea, which was the kind of like mutant creature. Um, and Colin's like, "Oh my god, this sounds exactly like Jennifer's body and the fly I'm in." So <laughs> we just decided to go. all right, let's put these two uh, movies in the, in the form of this film clip, and it just worked perfectly for the theme of the song. Jeez, um, yeah, uh, I'm just I'm just thinking about that bread scene. I, I didn't. Oh, I was man. like, I was there for that scene, but they're like i didn't watch it i'm like i I can't i know i know it's not real and i i can't remember what they put in it was some sort of jelly or something but i was like
0: but he like pulls out like a finger or something from the he like he's i was kind of doing one of these (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, he like he pulls like a finger out of his mouth i'm like cool. or even when uh she's in the shower and then the guy comes in he's like looking at like like she shedded her skin or something like that like it was just it was really a cool very cool concept but like you know seeing some of those things like damn like they did a great job with this video we
1: had a amazing visual effects um girl come in and um she just got the brief perfect the skin was really cool like she showed us the process she was like in the morning of day one she's like hey check this out and like she would get amy's um um and like she just put everything on it's like all right i'm gonna do this like shading skin and she, she started scraping it off showing her process so i was like by the time she was done i'm like oh whoa this looks real she's like wait till you see what i do with this and we saw the scene with the shower i'm like oh god perfect oh yeah but, um, it's such a cool video <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll never forget like we had a fair few reaction videos on YouTube and everything. I was just like, oh, and, and, and some of the reactions is like, oh, man, this is like a bad like, zombie film. I'm like,
0: yep, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, then it worked. This did exactly what we wanted. It to oh, do. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And so you said you guys have maybe some, some, some songs coming out. And then uh, as far as I think you're doing a festival coming up. Um, what else do you guys got going on? Um, for the
1: well, re- right now we've got a couple of months break. Um, and we're actually starting to write again. So, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the creative juices are flowing. Um, a couple of songs are already kind of you know boiling up. They sound wicked. Um. Anytime we've got time off, we always find opportunities to write music. So, we've got a couple months to do that. And then, um, yeah, we're kind of doing like the festival season here in Australia. So, mm-hmm. um, we've got um, Yours and Ours Festival. This is a festival down in a place called Wollongong, a beautiful kind of coastal town. Um, insane artists playing, like the Descendants are playing. Yeah. Um, all of a tree um, and a lot of a cool Australian acts. And then- um, one or two more Australian festivals with a lot of Australian acts. Um, actually, one in Adelaide I'm really excited for. Um, Suicidal Tendencies are playing. And, no way. Oh, I cannot wait. Um, I remember seeing them at this festival we had in Australia called Soundwave, which had like plus 44 Deftones. But and Suicidal played and I was- I I'd never heard the band before. My friend's like, come watch them, come watch them, trust me. And it was the coolest thing. So- I'm going to be watching them at that um show, and I, if the rumors are true, I know he's done a couple of shows, but um Ben Wyman from the Dillinger Escape Plan, um he might be at this, and if he does, I- I'm done because like uh, <laughs> I love Dillinger, Dillinger Escape. so yeah.
0: <laughs> that's and killer, then,
1: man. Oh man, and then to top it off, um yeah, we've got a this um touring festival in Australia, and Post Malone's playing, and I'm like, yep that's the way to end the year. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. So that, that, that whole tour goes through all those cities. Mm-hmm. There's three. Yeah. yeah so it's that's yeah, crazy. Sorry. That's awesome.
1: It's really cool. It's 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 a really interesting festival. It doesn't go on the major towns. Um, I think the only major place is really kind of like in Western Australia, but you know, the one in New South Wales, it's in Canberra, which is in the ACT. So there's not even technically
0: a show in my area. Um, yeah, Australia is Queensland. so massive. So, like to tour I there, I mean, you have, to, <laughs> you have to what fly? I would imagine. Oh, we we fly. We I used to we used to drive a lot. And honestly,
1: to drive from one venue like from one place to another, oh, man, it would take like fourteen or sixteen hours. It was exhausting. You'd have to drive through the night. Um, you'd be careful if you drive through the night. You might hit kangaroos. Um, oh, wow. oh, yeah it's 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 not safe it, especially if you drive to <laughs> melbourne there's a lot there it's it's not a good time so oh i'm thankful gosh. that we just fly now i'd rather just have four hours sleep and get on a plane than um not sleep and drive overnight oh 100
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that that tour goes through cities that don't usually get i mean perth is big but like the other three mm. aren't as big of cities or maybe perth isn't they, big i just know the name <laughs> It's like, it's not the majors.
1: Like it's not, it's not Melbourne. It's not Sydney. It's not even like Brisbane. It's more like, so it's like the Gold Coast, the ACT. Um, I think the one in Victoria is just a bit further down from Melbourne city. So it's kind of, it's still going to, it's going to be massive, but like these festivals kind of go outside of the main areas, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool because it encourages like, um, other communities and other scenes to kind of, come together and like these bigger towns like melbourne can come down and see how beautiful these other places are
0: yeah that's really rad i mean the the, the that lineup is is so you know it's mm. all over the place it kind of reminds it's just like a festival line a true festival you have like you know post malone and dermont kennedy and then you guys are on there and uh just like it, the spectrum is so wild and to be able to tour with that at you know that like I mean post Malone is so big, I mean to be able to be on a, four dates with with him, even though his sound is not sound like red hook, but like just kind of that the amount of exposure you guys will get just at those festivals alone is huge, just to see your name on there, I'm sure
1: yeah it's a, we we've been pretty lucky in the last couple of years we've played more like a fair few festivals that are kind of like left to field um where we're like. I wouldn't say like the token metal band, but we're like one of the heavier bands on there. Um, And it's really worked well. Like I remember there was a, there's a festival here um, called Groove in the Moo, which is kind of similar to Spilt Milk, which we're doing um, Mm -hmm. where it's like this, like the one that we played at, um, we were once again, like it was uh, like the heaviest band was us and Polaris. That's it. Everyone else was more like in the indie scene. So, all these kids that came in, like, oh, I've never heard this band before and, like, have, fell in love and came fans of Red Hook and, like, we did a Red Headline tour not too long ago and those fans from Grooven came in. It's like, hey, we don't listen to this music but we're hooked now. Like, it, it's really cool. P- people think, like, um, oh, we got to play the festivals with the bands that are similar to us. It's good most of the time and we still do a lot of those festivals but it's really good to do those left the field ones because you can. Uh, there's a big market. There's a lot of kids have
0: never heard this style of music, and you get to show it to them. And they, yeah, and what they you guys hooked. are, and what you guys are doing isn't just straight up like metal or rock. It's like the, the the production aspect of the songs is really unique. And uh, and I feel like nowadays, I mean, those lineups are because when you know growing when I was growing up. It was like if you like punk, you could only like punk, right? I mean, it was like you—you're kind (laughs) of like like you wouldn't want to tell your friend like, "Oh, hey man, like, yeah, this is cool," but I'm also kind of listening to like the pop radio station as well. Like, I feel like nowadays, like, no one really cares. It's like, yeah, I like Beyonce, and I also like, you know, Fiddlar or something. It's like just this—the scope is. And I don't—I feel like the genre thing is so blended now that no one really gives a shit if you're a. They'll like you because they like the music, not because of the genre that you're in. That makes any oh, sense? No, hundred percent. And uh, that's that's the great thing about this band as well
1: um, is we listen to so much different styles of music. Um, like our main thing is we want music that is heavy and with heaps of energy. Like that's the, that's definitely the main thing you'll always get from us, no matter what. But we'll put in a hip hop beat. We'll put in some pop melodies that we want mm-hmm. to. We'll put in whatever weird production, like, oh, did you listen to Psych vs Psych? That is like, like a Gabbercore song or something, you know, <laughs> like heart style beat. We yeah. love that stuff. Like, um, and I'm so thankful that we, we get to do that kind of stuff. Um, and I think it translates so well. And I think that's why we're able to do all these festivals because, It's not like, oh, they're just a heavy band. They can go, Mm -hmm. oh, wait a minute. They they could be, you know, oh, they're they're a pretty cool pop band as well. Or like we we play with the dance acts as well. It's awesome. I love it. And like you're right as well. It's, you know, the old days of like, oh, I just listen to punk. Oh, I just listen to this or whatever. Not anymore. Like, Like I listen to so many styles. Like I looked at my Spotify playlist and I'm like, oh, man
0: what am i listening to this week i don't even know <laughs> right right yeah it's, i feel like and that's so cool to see that you know instead of being so specific genre-wise it was like now you know everybody listens to everything if if it's a good record it's gonna be people are gonna check it out no matter if they're into metal or pop or rap or whatever it they want the songs they want good songs i love it yeah exactly Well, thank you so much for doing this, Ned, man. I appreciate your time. I know it's late uh, where you are, so I don't want to keep you up all night, Um, but I do appreciate you you doing this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have one more question for you uh, before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Look,
1: there's so much, but the one thing that pops in my head is if you truly love something, don't give up. Don't give up. Like, you can see from the interview that I've been doing this for the longest of times. And, like, I know I even said, like, I I thought I was going to give up for a little bit. But in my heart, I never wanted to give up. And I, you know, um, my journey is extensive from many bands, from many styles of music. But the one thing that remained was I knew what I wanted. I wanted to make a career out of this. I wanted to make music my life. and I've played shows to no one. Um, I've had many, you know, friends and family go like, why do you keep doing this? You know, all that negativity. But I knew in my heart this is what I wanted to do. And then, look, now I'm with an amazing band, with an amazing group of people, an amazing team, with my, the management team and everything. Um, it took It took a long time but I'll I'll never take any of that back and because I kept going with it like you you can see thing good things can happen so just remember if you love what you do don't ever give up and just work your ass off